When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, we can talk about problems. We can talk about potential pitfalls, but... You know, it's Christmas. Let's keep it upbeat. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots. Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. I also hope that you had a terrific Christmas weekend. The NHL, of course, did what it does and shut completely down. But all of that's about to change. Beginning for the local franchise with a game on Long Island tomorrow night. After that, they've got the Red Wings and then the Devils leading into the Winter Classic that opens next week in Boston. It's a bit of a curious, maybe hidden gauntlet for them. Uh, The Islanders obviously always give them trouble in some form. They've played better hockey of late. The Red Wings... It's easy to sneeze at them, but they've got a winning record for the first time in forever, and Steve Eiserman's finally started to make things happen. And I have no idea what's happened in Newark. None whatsoever. I can't begin to be a believer until I see them with my own eyes, but I'm looking forward to that Friday night as well. I'm also looking forward to seeing, don't laugh at this, how this team, the Penguins, will handle real adversity because they haven't had it yet. And I don't mean to make everybody reach around and look for some kind of wood to knock on or whatever, but the fact of the matter is they've had no, count them, zero significant injuries, no major setbacks, and really the only thing that went wrong for them over the better part of this almost completed first half is that they had a seven-game losing streak that was more strange than anything else. Maybe within that you could point to Tristan Jari not having been his best self until after that losing streak had passed, but that's it. That's it. A lot of things have gone very, very right for this team to date. And at some point, they won't. It's an 82-game season plus playoffs. At some point, they're going to run into somebody significant going down. I know, I don't, don't turn it off. Just hear me out here, okay? Something's going to happen. And we're going to see what they're made of much more at that time than we have 
through these first nearly 40 games. And that can become, believe it or not, a positive for a group, meaning Mike Sullivan can have an easier time convincing them all over again that you've got to defend first if you're this team. You've got to make sure you're taking care of the back end before anything else, that you've got to possess the puck, you've got to be smart with it, all that other stuff. That's easier done for a coach, any sport really, at any level, whenever things aren't going great. Now, that said, there's another way to look at this, and it's decidedly more encouraging about where this team's headed. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. See, here's the other part of this. What was, go back to the summertime, try to remember the discussions that we were having here, and I'm sure that you were having with friends and coworkers and whatever else. What were the main points of concern for this hockey team? I'm just going to wing it here. Number one, they're old. There's no way they're going to achieve anything. Same group, definition of insanity, all that other, I think, nonsense based on where this group is and how fast and energetic it remains. But has that been an issue? No, not really. I don't even think it was in the seven-game losing streak. Again, I'll point to goaltending more than anything else as having gone really wrong back then. Number two, again, based on my own perceptions, was the lack of a top six. Do you really have a top six? Two strong scoring lines, not just SIDS, that are going to be able to carry your five-on-five play. Well, the answer to that is an emphatic yes. You look at who's doing all the scoring for this team, and there are no upsets in the equation. Number three was that there's something of a concern about the bottom six, especially the whole grittiness, penalty-killing factor, and who else is going to do this other than Teddy Bluger. And it didn't help that Teddy was out. Teddy was out for a while there to start the season and then wasn't his best self even once he came back. So since Teddy's been back, the PK's been really good. We've seen a couple of those guys, notably Brock McGinn, contribute five-on-five offense on a regular basis. The blue line, my biggest worry, although this was, again, so let's make this one number four, something that people talked about, whether or not they were going to have enough youth and mobility, whether they were going to give P.O. Joseph a fair chance. Remember that whole debate? Well, P.O.'s gotten his chance, and boy, has he seized it. And that's to say nothing of Marcus Pedersen to be placed in the very same category. The group hasn't been great, and it doesn't help right now that Jeff Petrie's out for a while, but they've been plenty good enough with a couple of exceptions. There are exceptions to all of these, actually. You know, And then there's Jari, who we've been talking about here. You know, He didn't start great. He's now looking pretty great, although I don't think he was very high on most people's list of concerns. Power play, well, I guess you could say that was a concern for the first quarter of the season. It sure isn't now. Look, 
check, 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 and check. Okay, you can go right down the list. And this team has probably shown itself to have wiped away most, though not all, of the concerns that are there. I'd like to see a lesser role for Jeff Carter. I'd like to see a little bit more grit in his place. But I also understand where the salary cap is, and I can wish for things that I can't get. I'd like to see Brian Dumoulin scratched for a while and maybe reconstructed. They need to figure out what's wrong with him instead of just suffering through it on a nightly basis. And my other worry, even though it hasn't been one to date, because we're not even halfway through the season, is that find a way to get these guys a break. Like this Christmas break, this is great, but everybody gets one of these. Find a way to minimize the practice. Find a way to minimize morning skate time. If there's a decision to be made that's maybe 50-50 on a given night as to whether or not a Sid or a Gino should or could be able to get on the rink and help the team that night, lean towards sitting them. Find a way to get them healthy, especially if there's a lingering injury. The last thing you want to do is carry something like that into the playoffs in the name of some mythical old school honor that everybody's got to play every shift of every game. But overall, overall, all they've done, the Penguins, is to raise the bar. And that's where the bar belongs. And that's the standard that really ought to be getting met, not just through the regular season, but into the games that matter. When we come back, J1Q. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's J1Q comes from Carmen, who says, As I was listening to the Friday Daily Shot of Penguins, I kept thinking of Ty Smith. And then there it was. I think finding a way to give him a shot over Dumo is key for this team to achieve its fullest potential. But I'm not sure how that can happen, given the cap constraints. You know, Carmen, if you want to make something happen within the cap, if you really, really, really want to make it happen, you can find a way. They're not palatable ways. Uh, there's something that can be really distasteful at times, but you can do it. So I don't ever like saying they can't make a move. If you really, really, really want to do something, you can do it. But I'm with you on the Smith concept. And although you didn't elaborate on why, I'll elaborate on my own feeling. And that's that you want to have on your roster, I'm going to use this term again, as I did in the opening segment, potential. You want there to be a higher ceiling, especially with an older team, which even though the main players are performing at a level or even better that you might have expected, 
You still want to have, no, 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 you still need to have pleasant surprises occurring underneath them. 2016, what happened? Four young guys came up, four of them, and instantly, all four in different ways made an impact, changed the entire look of the franchise, and before long, they were in San Jose celebrating. The following year, Jake Gensel comes up, has a similar impact. No, no, no. Jake had a bigger impact, okay? And that made the difference in a lot of ways between them and the Predators, and they celebrated in Nashville. Pedersen, I've mentioned, is to an extent a pleasant surprise. I don't know how many people would have expected him uh, to be the team's best defenseman, but he's been that. Joseph playing it as he has, pleasant surprise. Maybe someone like a Ryan Paling, who's hurt now, but was a pretty nice part of that fourth line and the penalty kill and everything else. Maybe someone like that is a pleasant surprise, again, within his role. That's why I mentioned the four kids that came up in 2016, because you wouldn't equate what uh, you know Brian Rust did as a rookie to what Tom Kuhnhackle was delivering, but you needed Kuhnhackle to kill the penalties. And this is why there's a part of me that I'm going to keep picking on one guy here, okay? And that's Drew O'Connor, because I've seen and you've seen and management's seen, most important, what he can do. It just isn't delivered on a regular enough basis to get Sullivan to trust him and then to put him out on the rink long enough for him to have an impact. Now, you can blame Sullivan for that. That's certainly the, the reflexive approach to looking at this. But to me, it's on the kid. If the kid wants to make a difference, if the kid sees himself and he does as a potential top six guy then score like it whether it's here or in Wilkesbury. if he sees himself as someone who regardless should be on an nhl roster even if that's bottom six okay then show that paling scored a hat trick in his first nhl game in montreal did you know that a hat trick people up there especially up there would have been forgiven if they had thought they had the next Austin Matthews on their hands. But over time, Paling learned to fit where it is that he belongs best in the league, and he's got himself permanent work now. So yeah, Ty Smith, he was one of the most pleasant surprises of training camp. The coaching staff was gushing about him at a level that I thought was actually a little bit out of whack with reality. But maybe they were just kind of pumping his tires a little bit because they knew they'd have to send him down with the cap constraints and making sure that he didn't feel uh, unloved or unwanted here or that he'd never be given a chance. But he was actually very good. And whatever his issues are defensively and Obviously, the script that arrived from Newark about that was not flattering at all. You know, the same staff just turned Mike Matheson into a fairly reliable contributor in his own end, but more relevant, someone who was able to make up for any of that by having the puck all the time. Smith looks a lot like that player. They're not identical in styles, and I'd never compare anybody uh, with their... Uh, physical attributes or whatever to Matheson, who's just a freak in so many regards. But Smith can get a lot done. 
And scoring a goal is just as valuable as preventing one. Yes, I'd love to see that, and I'd love to see it sooner rather than later. But you're just going to keep seeing Dumo. You just are. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.